Holy Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, I, I just ask simply, Father, that you open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds, open our souls, Father, so we can hear your voice and your voice only. Father, I ask that they not hear my voice, Lord, they hear your voice. There to be nothing but things that God has spoken out here today. And Lord, I ask that your spirit reign supreme in this place today. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen and amen. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given to this generation. And he left them, and entering into the ship, again departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith to them, Why reason you? Because you have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes ye do not see, having ears you hear not, and you do not remember. When I break the five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets of fragments took you up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that you do not understand? Amen. Thank you, Jim. Something I forgot to tell you, we're going to be talking about trusting God today. I'm a good example of that today. I'm trusting God that he will speak through me today and give me the strength and the voice to speak sensibly to you today where you can understand what he's trying to show you. Now, what, the, what Jesus really... You know, when I think of people... When I think of the disciples even, they were with Jesus so many years, and yet they still did not understand. So what I'm thinking, what I think he's saying here, he's just so frustrated. I can imagine God gets so frustrated with all of us so many times. So what, what I think Jesus is telling these disciples are, are you stupid? Do you not understand yet that as many years as I have been with you, do you not understand that you can and I will take care of you, that you can trust me, that I will take care of each and every one of your needs? When I fed the 5,000, could you not even understand then? Are you so hard-hearted, so obtuse that you cannot understand me? <laughs> That's a pretty good word, isn't it? I learned that from a... Oh, Okay. Thank you. That obtuse, is, is that better? Obtuse is a word I learned from a movie. I learned lots of my words from, from movies. Like all my Spanish I know I learned from movies. You know, so you, 
you, you, uh, back in the 50s and 60s when, when uh, the Cisco kids on TV, that's where I learned my Spanish, that kind of stuff. But back to trusting God. Jesus telling his disciples, in, in my opinion, do you not understand when I fed the 4,000 with just a few fish and a few, and a few loaves of bread that, that you could trust me, that I can take care of every one of your little needs and, and that, that you will be better off, that you will have a better life if you trust me. When I walked on the water, did you not understand then that I am able to take care of every one of your needs, that I will take care of you because I care about you, because I will take care of you. I am able to take care of all of your needs. Do you not yet understand, after all this time, that I will take care of you? When Peter walked on the water, do you not understand that because he trusted me then, that I will take care of him? Do you not understand that yet? Are you so dense that you cannot understand? That's basically what I think of that scripture anyway. The way I see it. You may agree with me, you may not, that's okay. Depends on how mature we are as Christmas, how, how uh, our life experiences, what happens to us, how we see things. That's how we accept things. Now, let's, let's apply the scriptures to us today. I like to do that also. I apply, you know, this, if you want to know how to live your life, right here. Is the text for it. Everything you need to know is in that Bible. Let's apply this to our, to our lives here today now. Start with farmers. Farmers, above all others, have to trust God. They trust God for the rain to come at the right time, the sunshine to come at the right time. They have to trust God for all of the resources. I mean, they don't know from year to year, they don't know how much sea is going to cost, how much fertilizer is going to cost, how much fuel is going to cost. They, they just simply don't know. But I'm going to use tithing as an example of whether, as a litmus test, whether we t- trust God or not. If you trust God, you will tithe. Simple as that. Even though you're a farmer, you will tithe. But I understand it's difficult to tithe because you never know how much you're going to, going to need for the next day. I understand that it's, it's a difficult thing. But once you get used to it, once it becomes a habit, it's like coming to church. If you tithe, you will see blessings after blessing after blessing on your life. Even though it may be difficult at times for you to tithe, even though it may be difficult for you to trust God, It is okay. He will take care of you. You need to understand that. If you trust him, he will take care of you. Now, we have very generous farmers in this church. 
You know, there we were using two buses once upon a time, and the tires were all worn out. I mean, had chunks missing out of them, they were bald. But just uh, one day I came in here, and they had all brand-new tires on it. One of the farmers had put new tires on, the, on both our buses. When those things are this tall, they're, they are very expensive, you know. So that was a, just an out, outstanding trust in God, I think. We have other farmers who have kept a nativity going for, for more than 30 years. That's trusting God. They have, we have other farmers who, who not only provide the pork, the meat, for our, our uh, uh, 4th of July celebration, but they also cooked it for us. You know, we have very generous farmers. Anytime there's any work to do around the church, they're very quick to be here to do that work. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. But you say, I'm not a farmer. How does that apply to me? If you're raising kids, you're a farmer. You're, you're producing a product. If you're... <laughs> somebody, that might be a stress for some of you, but, but we are. We, even though we don't even have kids, we are raising a crop of righteousness or the other direction. Are we producing for God, or are we producing the other way? Are we making it, emptying our churches, or are we filling them? Do we sow good seeds or, or tares, as, as the Bible says? You know, some of us are having troubles. Maybe we need to kind of check and examine ourselves and see if we're not putting for putting our trust in something besides God. But you say, I don't even have a job. How can I tithe? Well, you tithe your unemployment check. You trust God. You tithe your yard sales. You, you tithe your, the junk you sell. And you'll be amazed at how much further that will go because you trusted God, because you, you put back into his church. But you say, I've got hospital bills to pay. I've got my cars broke down. You, you know, but if you trust God, he will go ahead and take care of that stuff for you. He will stretch your money beyond what you could ever imagine. There was one time that, that uh, I was having tr- had an old red truck. I was having trouble with it. And Mark Garfield and I were here praying one day. So we just went out and laid hands on my truck. Never had a bit of trouble with that truck again, and well, until it fell apart completely, but it blew the engine out one day. But that lasted for years and years and years. You couldn't even pray for your appliances. Galatians three twenty six through 29 says, We are all children of God. That means he loves us even when we're not lovable. Just as we love our children at all times. 
You know, he loves us. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, because he cares. He will take care of us. He will take care of you. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you need, he will take care of you. It's simple as that. Just trust in him. Simple. I could have just come up here and said, well, if you trust God, you're going to tithe. If you don't trust God, really, you're not going to. Another example of trusting God. When I was a new Christian, uh, they, were, they, had a, uh, they were trying to pay off the building fund. So the Holy Spirit showed me that I needed to give $1,000 to the building fund. I didn't have $1,000, but I did have a credit card check. So I wrote out $1,000 and put it in the, in the plate. But, you know, and, and then, but I did that because the Holy Spirit told me to. Let me give you a short warning. If you don't do anything like that, don't spend money you don't have unless the Holy Spirit truly does tell you to do that, do something like that. And then that was in the fall. And then the spring when I got my taxes back, I got back $2,000. That's the most money I've ever received from the a, from a tax people. Usually they just keep taking, 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 you know. Another example, uh, Walter Garfield was, has told me before about uh, when he and Jane were first married, he, every day he'd go walking down the road and talking to God, and uh, he was kind of complaining to God about not making enough money. So God told him, finally God told him, tithe for the amount of money you want to make. Walter said, you know, it wasn't, that was not an easy thing to do. Say, for instance, he was making maybe 30 bucks back then. You know, $30 a week, back in those days, that's pretty, pretty good money. So he was tithing $3 a week for his church. You know, $3 doesn't sound like much, but, but back in those days, that, made, that brought home a lot of groceries. So Walter talked to Jane about it, and he, they decided, well, we'll go ahead and tithe for for $50 a week. So they start putting $5 a week in, in the tithe. Now that doesn't sound like much either, but that was a lot of money back then. They still had the same bills that we have today. They have uh, insurance, they have gas, they have house payments, gas payments, groceries to buy. You know, that five bucks would go a long ways. Walter said he didn't Reset it right away, but he kept track of the money that came in. And by the end of the year, he realized that he was making that $50 a week. God had expanded his income to what he was asking for because Walter was grateful. He trusted God, Walter and Jane both. No, without uh, Jane, Walter's not much, is he? Well... Ask, ask Jane. He'll tell, she'll tell you. <laughs> now, as you said, uh, well, you gave $1,000 18 years ago, but what have you done lately? Last week, it's Father's Day. One of my sons put a $20 bill in a Father's Day card he gave me. So I tithe that. That's two bucks. But you say, well, that's not much. What? 
difference would it make if two dollars was in there? But you know, if there's, if you think about it, if everybody in here would put two dollars in the tithe, in the plate every week, say there's, I don't know, four, two hundred people here. That's four hundred dollars a week. Four times. They say we average fifty weeks a year. What's that? Twenty thousand dollars. I don't know about you all, but I wouldn't mind having an extra $20,000. Just think how much ministry we could do with an extra $20,000. And that's coming off this $2 a piece every week. It's amazing what God can do and what he will do. It's always amazed me how dry my throat gets when I'm up in front of a crowd. This is not my element, in case you haven't noticed. It's not something I've ever wanted to do. It's only by the grace of God that I'm up here. It's only by his strength that I'm here. I hope you get something out of today. You know, I'm going to tell you something now that I haven't ever told anyone before. In fact, I didn't. I did not remember it until this week. It's just amazing what the Holy Spirit will show you if you're quiet for a little while. He'll bring back memories that you never knew about. You, you just totally forgot about. When I was 25 years old, I was at a very low point in my life. At that time, I worked for the telephone company, driving around the country. I was having to be down around. I think it's Willowville, if I remember right, or maybe Cedarville. Probably Cedarville. There was a little country church down an old, old uh, dirt lane. So for some reason, I don't know why, I didn't know then anyway, I drove down the lane, walked into that church. You know, back in those days, the churches didn't have to lock the doors. They left them open. Anyone was free to come in that wanted to. Times have certainly changed, but... I didn't know why I walked in there. I just walked in there and stood. I, didn't, I don't recall what I expected. I don't know if the chorus of heavenly angels or, or probably more likely a lightning bolt striking the place, but, you know, that's, this, that's just the way it was. I didn't, I, when I left that place, I didn't feel a bit different. I didn't receive anything that I knew about. As far as I knew, nothing changed. So it went on, and then 29 years later, I walked in, into this place. The first day that I walked in here, I gave my life to Christ. And this week, the Holy Spirit showed me that I had made a divine appointment 29 years before that, when I was 25 years old. I kept that appointment the day I walked in to this church. That shows you that God does care about us. He will take care of us, even though we don't know about it. But, you know, we expect things to happen right away. That took 29 years. But, you know... A day with God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years to God is like a day. So it, it was no time at all for him. The reason, and the Holy Spirit showed me that this week too, the reason that I had 
excuse me, the reason it took so long for that to happen is because my heart had to be changed. I always pray Ezekiel 36, 26, many, many times for people that take away the heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh, a pliable, teachable heart. It took me 29 years for my heart to be softened enough so that I would keep that appointment in this church. Shows you how hard I was. You ask Kathy, she'll say I still am. I'm still stubborn, but uh, I think she is, of course. No, if you trust God, if you have faith in God, He will take care of you. You know, that's all there is to it. There's so many stories in this audience today. You know, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you, if you see something, you don't have to have faith for it. It's already there. But if you hope for it, you have faith. If you have faith, that will happen eventually. Psalm 34 17 through 19 says, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. We can trust God, whether it be with our money, with our lives, with our children. We can trust him. In Matthew 14, verses 22 through 23, it talks about, I don't think I'm going to read it. If they put it up there, you can read it. It talks about Jesus walking on the water and Peter walking on the water, trusting God. For Peter to walk on the water, he had to trust God, had to trust Jesus Christ to get out of the water into the middle of a storm, out of, excuse me, out of the boat and walk in the middle of a storm. That takes a lot of faith, but he had faith and trust in Jesus Christ. First, he asked permission from Jesus to come to him. And, of course, Jesus said, come. So Peter started walking in the water walking toward Jesus, and then, you know, faith, we, we think, or I think, I always thought the opposite of faith is fear. But Walter sharing with me and Howard the other day on Wednesday that he heard a preacher speak one time about sight is the opposite of faith. Peter here is a very ex- is an excellent illustration of that. When Peter Peter did not lose his faith until he saw the wind and the waves. So I see it was his sight was what destroyed his faith in Christ. He, it distracted him. Then he started he started falling sinking into the water, and then 
But then he knew where to go. There's twice he trusted Jesus. Once when he got out of the boat. Second time when he started sinking, he called to Jesus and said, Help me, Lord. Help me, Father. How many of us have that kind of faith? How many of us are willing to get out of our boat, out of our comfort zones? How many of us are willing to actually do what we need to do for God? Think about it. There's a couple things. I'm almost done. I'll, I'll quit torching you here in a little bit. There's just a couple things I want to remind you of. We, you all know them. Some of the precepts of God. Precepts of God. If you want to get to heaven, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's the only one, that is the only way to get to heaven. Some people in this world says that things are, aren't always black and white. There are shades of gray in between. That's a flat-out lie from the pits of hell if, if you're talking about the things of God. God is always concise, always perfect, always. He says it's this or it's that. It's not anything in between. Liars, cheaters, homosexuals will not go to heaven unless and until they ask forgiveness from God. They turn to, they repent, they ask God to to, uh, come into their lives, they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, the world will tell you different, but they're lying to you. I think I'm going to stop. That's enough. Jim, you got anything you want to say? Okay, thank you, Roger, um, for that word. You know, the word trust is, is, is a big word. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust completely in the Lord and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. He will lead you in every decision that you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. This morning, Rogers challenged us to to put our trust in the Lord. I was sitting back there thinking, you know, and it doesn't hardly seem like it could be this many years ago, but but 54 years ago, I gave my heart to the Lord. And, And in doing so, I put my trust in him. You know, and in each and every one of us, has to come to that point of trusting in the Lord. Saying, God, I can't do it myself, but I put my trust in you. The word says if you believe in your heart and and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that you believe that he died for you, that you'll be saved. Amen? He was talking about trusting the Lord in, in our tithes and our offerings. You know, and, and I've been at that point where, you know, God, you know, I need 100% of what I'm making to make it here. 
You know, if, if I give you 10%, that means I'm down to 90% right off the bat. You know, how, how's that going to work? But you know, God can do more with 90% that's blessed than 100% that's cursed. Amen? Glory to God. So what the, the message that Roger brought forth here this morning is, is an important message. We all need to come to a place where we, we totally trust God in every area of our life. Finances, you know, in our marriage, you know, in our family, raising our kids, you know, in our business, you know, whether it's farming or or you've got a retail business in town or, or whatever. It doesn't make a difference what it is. We have to put 100% of our trust in him because he's faithful to his word. Amen. Glory to God. We praise you, Father. If there's anyone here this morning that hasn't trusted Jesus with their life, I would invite you to, to come forward. We'll pray with you. And you'll be a new creature in Christ Jesus, one that never existed before. Amen? Glory to God. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus this morning. We just praise you and we thank you, Father, that you're faithful. Oh, we praise you, Father, that you're faithful this morning. Praise you, Father, for your faithfulness. We put our trust in you. Spirit, soul, and body, Father. We just give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.